Go ahead and start with the recording. Welcome, everyone. Today is November the 9th, 2022. This is our All Lives Matter call with Dr. Alex Lloyd and Dr. David Pez. My name is Johanna Chan, and I'll be assisting them today. Um, before we hear, though, from them, I want to go ahead and read this disclaimer. This presentation is for education and informational purposes only. And since we're going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand this information is not intended to heal or cure anything. Everything in the presentation are the opinions of Dr. Alex Lloyd, Dr. David Peck, myself, Johanna Chan, or you if you choose to share. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concerns you may have. All right, guys, take it away. Thank you so much, Johanna. Uh, I'm Alex Lloyd uh, in the middle, the good looking guys, Dr. David Peck. He is a double board certified surgeon from Columbia Press in New York, uh, over 20 years a professor there. Um, uh, for how come you always uh, get to talk about me? I need to talk about you more. Uh, they don't want to hear about me. Uh, no, they already know about you and no, all kinds right. of other stuff. So anyway, last week David couldn't make it, and what's it? What's interesting about that is he had chosen the topic, and so we we did another topic. One of one of the people who were here at the time. Uh, suggested something they would like to talk about, and that's what we did. So we are ready this week, uh, Dave, for your choice, which is sibling rivalry and, and sibling competition and all that sibling stuff. And David's battery is low, so he's going to go first. So Dave, give us your two cents uh, about this issue. Great. Thanks a lot, Alex. Yeah. Um... The rivalry, I really want to get, Alex, your thoughts, as usual, I'd like to get Alex's thoughts on, on this. And, you know, we call this uh, picking Dr. Alex's brain sessions. Um, but, you know, my, I had a situation where I had two siblings and, you know, I was the favored child. So I was like, you know, always getting all the attention and everything like that to the detriment of my siblings. And so, you know, I was the good boy and had to be perfect and all that. And so I didn't matter and, you know, that kind of thing. But you know, I'd like to know more about like what the effect was on my siblings because, you know, I know they didn't feel well. Like, for instance, I played the saxophone. I was, you know, it, you know, fairly good in the saxophone. And they, you know, I could never play the saxophone around them because it was like they, they just wanted they didn't want to hear it. You know, it's kind of thing. And so um, when I had, my, you know, my kids, I had two boys and. I really the first boy was like he was like the golden child in a way, you know, because. I don't know, he was the first child. And so, you know, we really doted on him, you know, and really you know, gave him everything. Then the second child came and, you know, he was a beautiful child, but it had differences, you know, and didn't get the attention because he was the second child and everything. Well, as we got older and older, as they got started getting older and they were playing little league baseball, I was coaching that kind of thing. Um, it was clear, not to me at the time, of course, that I was heavily favoring um, Wesley, the older child, over Bubba, uh, Brennan, the younger child. And so, and, and so what was happening was, you know, Wesley was getting all the attention. He was doing everything and I was playing right into it. And then when Brennan, Bubba would do anything, I would be kind of like not paying it. And I didn't realize what was going on. And it took Anna, my, my dear you know, deceased wife, to tell me, she just got in my face, you know, just like told me, right. And I, I was, con then I was conscious of it. And I started to try to 
you know, I was like, okay, I need to do it. And, and it turned out fine, but there was a period when Brennan became very uh, apathetic, you know, about schoolwork and that kind of thing, kind of like, you know, why did I have, you know, kind of thing. And so, and I attributed a lot to that, to the, the fact that I was favoring one over the other. So anyway, um, you know, I had similar, I have, you know, a number of issues probably with my, with my own siblings, you know, that um, basically I think it was more like, you know, they don't want to hear, they, they had spent their whole life, everyone, you know, the parents were always like, David, 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 and they didn't want to hear any, you know, so yeah, I'd like to hear what your take is on, on, you know, what the dynamic would be, because it's, it's not always clear to me, you know, where the issues were, because I, you know, I'm carrying my own stuff and, you know, that kind of thing, so. That's mine. Well, mine was mine was kind of the opposite, Dave. I um I was dyslexic. I was uh, ADHD, but that was before they knew what those things were. So um, both of my brothers were better looking than me. They were slim and trim. They were popular with the girls. They made well. At least my older brother made better grades than me. Um, well, no, they both did. My older brother made a lot better grades. The oldest brother didn't do very well, but he did better than me. And um, but the thing, but my thing was was more my parent. And I mean, my parents loved me. They were good parents. I, I knew that at the time. I know it today. But they were sort of. Dave, the why can't you be more like? Yeah. And then one of my brothers. So I was more your like your siblings than you. I I was, you know, uh in my family, the one that was like you who made great grades and did everything right was my older brother Roger, who was six years older than me. And Dave, I never felt like I could live up to him. And and so after a while of trying and I mean really trying and not being able to, I just gave up. So so that's what it led to for me, Dave, was just kind of apathy and and giving up. I've tried and tried and tried and I can't do it. I'm yeah. you know and 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 because they didn't know about dyslexia very much or ADHD then, you know, it was just, you know, Alex is dumb. But then when they tested me and found out that I, I wasn't dumb, I actually had was was smart. That made it worse, Dave, because then they started saying, see, before it was it was more like poor, poor, pitiful Alex. And mm -hmm. it was, you know, they were trying to encourage me because they thought I was doing the best I could. I was just dumb. Now <laughs> they think I'm smart, but I'm lazy and not trying. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. And that was way worse. That was way worse. And, and then to and see, I didn't know. I didn't know I was dyslexic. I didn't know what that was then. So I thought if I you do it, if you don't, yeah, yeah. So I thought I was dumb all this time. Then they tell me I'm smart, but I'm still making bad grades. If I'm so smart, <laughs> how come I'm making bad grades? You know. Yeah. And then it yeah. wasn't until college that I really understood how my mind worked and, and did well in school. But up until then, I mean, it was a nightmare. And, and I don't ever remember a fight with my siblings, Dave, but it was all just silent. It was all just, you know, I just can't measure up to them. It wasn't that they were 
hurting me or saying bad that and they weren't trying to make that happen either to make me feel bad that just was natural yeah you know that's a, a question i had a question the the, the, the the sort of the not negative effects on on us is it equal in a way like what my experience you know in terms of you and your siblings i mean because because although it might seem on the outside like the the favored child is getting all this benefit i i didn't really i mean i think it was just as damaging right to yeah you know and and dave if, if and stressful that's a, great, that's a great point and if you look at the science of birth order um the middle child which was my older brother roger the one who did everything right that i couldn't measure up to well the middle child in the science of birth order is called the lost child and and lost means the the firstborn gets all this attention the baby right. gets attention the middle one is just sort of left to the to their own stuff so I know to my older brother, Roger, who was the one who did everything right, that was his deal, is, is why is everybody else getting all the attention? If I'm the one doing what you tell me to do, and they're not, you know, so to Roger, it seemed unfair, but to me, it seemed unfair, too, because I couldn't live up to him. So I think it was both of us. I think it got both of us. Right, right. It's interesting that actually my mother and her sister had a similar experience with my grandmother where she just favored my mother so much. And we heard stories about this as I just adding on that we heard stories about how they would because this is in Korea back in the during the Japanese occupation. They used to lock my aunt in the closet. You know, she would when she was, you know, naughty or whatever. Oh, and, wow. you know, to the day that they you know, my mom is still actually alive in Chicago, but the, my, my aunt died, you know, but for, you know, although they got along, you could, there was always a tension between them, you know, somehow they were comparing their children or their houses or somehow they were always in competition. Is that, is that sort of to be expected as we get yeah, older? It is. Yeah. Yeah. But typically when you get older, you either become way farther apart or you uh -huh. get closer. It, it, it doesn't stay the same. So like um, some people, if they have sibling rivalry, once they get on their own as an adult, they're just, mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm done with them. I, I, I don't need that. It hurts. But then some are like, ah, oh, that was sort of silly. I mean, we were both just kids and whatever, but they're my brother or they're my sister. I'm, you know, I'm going to make up and, and have a relationship with them. So you typically go one way or the other. Yeah. So, so yeah, like my friends and my brother, you know, moved to San Francisco. But the thing is, and, and, you know, sort of got away and he kind of escaped. He was the middle child. The thing is, though, when you get together for those family reunions and the holidays and stuff, we're still getting triggered in the same way. You know, there's still that tension and we have to avoid talking about certain things or whatever. I'm annoying them constantly. And, you know, but um, yeah, so we just right. need to heal that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would say is, um, is, you know, the Bible says you will be forgiven as you forgive. The degree to which you forgive others is the degree to which you will be forgiven. So I would say, remember that and, 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 and say, okay, all this stuff from childhood and sibling rivalry and all that, 
I need to forgive or it's going to eat me up inside. And then secondly, take the positives. Go back and, and, and don't, just, don't just go back and mine for the negative. Also go back and say, all right, we had some good times. Yeah. What good times we had? you know, and, and magnify those and kind of put them up on a shelf like a trophy or something. And then the negative ones, you know, use the codes and stuff to right. heal those so that there's right. no charge left on them. So sure. you ready to do that, Dave? Do you want to start? You want me sure. to go? You can go, Alex. I'll follow you. Okay. I'm, I'm in a compromised position here. Yeah, so. and, you're, yeah, yeah. And, your battery's okay. low, and your battery's low too. 15% now. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, I would rate the issue, uh, some sibling issue you have. And, and even if your sibling, uh, even if you don't feel like you have any negative sibling issues, go ahead and do this for the good to get even better, to grow closer and more intimate because your blood, your, I mean, most of us are, unless you're adopted or something, your blood and and no one who's not blood will ever be blood and no one who is blood will will be not blood so those are those those are very valuable special people in your life if you treat it that way and and you need to so uh i hope you've rated it a prayer from your heart you can pray while you do the code that's what i do and let's start with the healing code both hands bridge both hands bridge. Slow, deep breaths from your stomach. Don't try to make anything. Don't try to make anything happen. If anything, just back away and allow it to happen. You don't have to do anything. Your body, mind, and spirit know what to do. Yes, and we're healing sibling rivalry and all the emotions and limiting beliefs and all those things comparison, are, comparison, yeah, comparison. yes um both hands jaws both hands jaws left hand bridge right hand temple Left hand Adam's apple, right hand bridge. All right, and then let's go to, to uh, Trilogy and Acupuncture Points. Temples, collarbones, side of the hand, under the nose, middle finger, eyebrows, little finger, 
middle of the chest, index finger, sore spot, under the arms, under the eyes, thumb, chin, under the nipples, 9G, eyes open, closed, open, down to the left, down to the right, circle your eyes, circle back the other way, Mm -hmm. <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four, three, four five. five. All right. <laughs> Let's activate governing and conception vessel three times, please. Three times. If it hurts, you're pressing too hard. All right, custom healing centers. Let's start with forehead. Please open and harmonize. Throat. Please open and harmonize. If it hurts, you're massaging too hard. Base or root on the pubic bone. Please open and harmonize. Crown. Please open and harmonize. Heart, please open and harmonize. Under the belly button, please open and harmonize. Middle of the stomach, please open and harmonize. All right, now let's move to both hands forehead or prefrontal cortex. You can do any of these sections longer if you'd like. All of them have been tested individually over the years. Some of them long ago, going back to 1500 BC. So they all work individually, but together they're magnified. Both hands over the heart. Slow, deep breaths, one after the other. Let the code process. I would do this for a minute or two whenever you feel ready to stop. Kind of a peace place. And I would take a look at your zero to 10 and note any change. And I would also take a look at that about 30 minutes from now. It should be better in 30 minutes than it is now. And then whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. And Johanna, if we have any questions or comments, David will answer them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. 
star nine on your phone is going to raise your hand if you're on the phone. And if you have another, if you have a question and you're online uh, on the web, you can um, you can um, just type it in there. So this is a question um, from Annie, I think. Hi, doctors. I have a question for you both. Dr. David, have you ever used codes instead, <laughs> of, instead of medication or surgery? And Dr. Alex, what are your thoughts on manifestation? I never found it to work that well. Yeah, go ahead, David. Tell him yeah, about I, the guy yeah, that I, in with a, a gunshot and you do codes instead of uh, remove the bullet or something. No, no, you know, believe it or not, though, you know, um, I've had situations um, not infrequently. Uh, I mean, the overlap between the the clinical practice, my medical clinical practice, the healing codes was maybe you know four or five years kind of thing. But I had several uh, uh, encounters where you know, uh, as a result of being in a hospital, you know, a person, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and that kind of thing. That I was able to use codes to calm the person down and also um, use them to um, address it was more of a psychiatric type of issue you know related to that kind of thing where you know you have you speak to the person and um you know they they if they're willing to um you know share their you know whatever the you know the major issues are then work with them i've done that a couple of times but I haven't really just tried to like instead of you know suturing a wound or something you know i don't think that's, that's going to be working but but i do i no, I, that's what you said, though. If you had done that, you might be uh, broadcasting from a different location today. <laughs> oh, I see, right. Well, like, there's always like the future. Like or something. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, I see, I see. Um, yeah, uh, but what I wanted to say is that, you know, um, even though a lot of times it, it seems like traumas and things like that aren't related to um, something that the healing codes could address, you know, in other words, I do believe actually that the traumas, penetrating traumas, like physical traumas, as I'm talking, you know, from surgical standpoint, is very much related to triggers, emotional triggers, and what we're talking about in terms of stress. Like when you think about when does an accident happen? When do I cut myself with a knife? When do I, you know, drive and have a car? It's when you're rushing or you're doing something that you're, you know, almost. I say almost always, that's, that's why it's, it seems like a bit of a stretch, but I don't really think it is. You know, when you feel that the, the, these emotional, um, you know, issues, the heart issues, I think the trauma level is going to go down too with the number of accidents. Yeah. I, Sorry yeah, to be so long-winded. No, no, I agree. 4%, only 4%. Oh. <laughs> and, the, and, and the other half of the question is... Um, what are your thoughts on manifestation? I never found it to work that well. Yeah, I think, um, I think, a lot, and that's by uh, McEnroe. That's not John, is it? Uh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, what I've found about manifestation is the internal does manifest externally. But so much of what you hear these days is, you know, manifest that, uh, mansion house that you want manifest that new Porsche that you want car manifest, you know, a million dollars or, or, or whatever. And I, I, I've never found that to work either. 
And, and I believe the reason is that the internal does manifest externally, but it's more like either love, joy, peace that's manifesting outside or like anger and lying and deception and stuff like that that manifests externally. Um, but for us to say, okay, I'm going to consciously with 1% of my mind, your unconscious is 99%, okay? So with 1% of my mind, I'm going to consciously, arbitrarily say, okay, I want to manifest a new Porsche car, all right? Well, I, I think you're missing the whole point, okay? Because God decides, your heart decides, but for us to just consciously with 1% say, I want to manifest something like a house or a car or money or whatever. I think most of the time we consciously don't know where something's coming from. And, and so that I've not found that to work well too. What I have found to work really well is working to, um, rid myself of fear and anger and things like that and fill myself with things like love, joy, and peace and have the love, joy, peace manifest. And I believe that does happen and happens beautifully. Dave, what were you going to say? Yeah, I just want to add that, that in the category of patience, that either patience or frustration, that Alex's teaching is that we have stress goals and success goals. And that is things that you want to do or you want to, to pursue whatever that creates stress versus things that, that, that you want that, that are more of like a growth pattern and that are based, that are love-based. And so what the point I'm trying to make is that if you're trying to manifest something that is a stress goal, yeah. even, if, even if you get that, whatever you manifest, it's gonna create, it's not gonna create the happiness that you really are desiring internally it's really working yeah. against you Dave. It's, you're working against yourself right, right. so you so the manifest my my man my question to the person would be what what do you what do you want to manifest what is your goal yeah. what you know right. what, yeah, and if and if it's yeah. and if it's a stress manifest stress goal i mean good luck you know yeah. you're you're going to be frustrated one way or another yeah if and you're I, doing it, something that i love man, you could do anything and it'd be fine, right? If you do it in, out of love, out of agape, true love, no, I don't care what it is, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and Dave, I believe a selfish goal is a stress goal. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's selfish in terms of, of, of like, um, like your own personal avarice. Yeah, like, 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 like I want to manifest lots of money so I can sit around and watch TV all the time and not have to work. Yeah, yeah. Versus, versus, you know, I want to, I, you know, I have, I really want to help these people and I want to set up this healing code program yeah, and such, well, such, and I'm going to, you know, do whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, right, your, right. your goal, your goal, your ultimate goal is something that, you know, I mean, if it's a, I would say, you know, personally, you know, would be something that would at the end help people, you know, right. one way or another, or create a better landscape for everybody. Right. You know, it's, if it right. was just for me, then 
you know, the end goal, what would what you'd see down the road, if I was successful with what I was doing, what you would see is a worse situation, basically. Right. You know, but but what but my yeah, but what we want is is a better situation, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 kind of to put a bow on that, my my two cents is that a lot of this manifestation stuff, they're tricking you into doing something that really works against your own health and happiness. I mean, I believe in manifestation, but the way that it's taught today, nine times out of 10, it, 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 it's a fraud. It's tricking you into something that is going to take away your health and happiness rather than what you think, which is when I get that car, that'll make me happy. No, it won't. It, it might for a week, but not long term. Alex, Alex, how can we tell the difference between the fraud and you, which is not a fraud? Uh, whether it's love-based or, or fear-based, kind of the stress thing you just said. So the results that we get? No, because people might be shopping and like, oh, what should I, why should I work with Alex Lloyd, you know, as opposed to so-and-so doing these affirmations, you know? They, they, they can't discern because they're in, they need, they're in need, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I would just say be careful of people promising you Whatever you want, you can have it. Um, I, I totally disagree with that. Now, whatever you need, you can have it. Yes, I believe in that. But it depends on what your wants are. Uh, and, and also that you're going to have to make a lot of effort in it. And it's going to be hard work. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. You know, as opposed to someone saying, listen, we'll take care of everything. You know, right. it'll be fine. Just give us the $500 or whatever it is. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And uh, Johanna, I've got to go in one minute. I see a couple of hands up. Okay. Well, there, there's a question by Kevin and this may be uh, into what yeah. this is, what is your take on purpose, finding uh, your purpose, living your purpose? I, I believe if you do not do a worldview search sometime in your life, and one of the things you're going to find in that worldview search is your purpose. You can't live your less your best life. It's impossible. Dave, what do you think? Um, you know, as you become more. And, and Johanna, I, I have to go. I'm sorry. I've got a, a client in one minute. I'm sorry. Love you, Alex. Love you, everybody. Thank you for everything. You know. And so what I'd say is. As you become more authentic, that is, you're healing all the things that shape you into the person that you're not, right? The social imaging, whatever. As you become more authentic, you'll get closer to your, your calling, so to speak, right? You should, you know, because all the things that are telling, that are, that are distracting from your true self and your true path and your true purpose is now you're healing that. So you're clearing that out of the way. That, yeah, that's that's, yes, that's what I believe. And and really, ultimately, I believe that every one of us is programmed to live in love. And that should be our purpose is to do whatever we can, whatever decisions we make, whatever actions we do should be in love and truth. And if we, you know, it's like the greatest principle, you know, Um I believe every one of us is wired to do that. And then of course it all, a lot depends on our programming growing up and everything, whether or not we, we believe that or even we understand that, but I think it's in our heart to 
live in love and be a person who loves and receives love. That's that's my take on that. Nice. All right. Um, Annie's saying thank you, thank you, and she's not related to the um, tennis player. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm going to mute. I, I'm going to um, change gears. I'll, we'll still um, take questions, but I'm going to not record this particular part. I don't know what's going to happen. I have 1%. <laughs> <laughs> I 